Hey, and thanks for taking the time to listen with us here at Gospel Way as we seek to find rest in Christ. Please know that this is supplemental and does not replace your local church or the pastor that God has given to shepherd your soul. But it is our prayer that God will use these resources to bless you and point you to Jesus. And thank God that he gives us words that we may sing of his goodness and his grace. He has given us a word to preach his goodness and his grace. But he has given us songs that we may sing them also. Let me call our attention one more time to the book of John chapter number 17. The book of John, chapter number 17. Oh, we're going to look at this morning and consider this morning Christ, the Lord of glory. Christ, the Lord of glory. We're going to read once again these first five verses as we have done the last two weeks. And we'll probably continue to do for several weeks to come. John 17, verse number 1, the Bible said, These words spake Jesus, and lift up his eyes to heaven, and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son may glorify thee as thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they may know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. Let's pray. Father, once again, we thank you for the opportunity to be looking into the scripture of John chapter 17. Lord, what truths are in these words? What facts, what realities that we see in these words? Lord, we thank you for these first five verses and how packed they are of doctrine how packed they are of comfort. Lord, they enable us to rest in you. And Lord, we ask you this morning that you would help us, each individual, that we might find that rest that you would have us to find in your word and in your life. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. 
We have seen so far in this series, we have seen the glory of God in the plan of salvation. We have uh, seen that God is our security. Uh, considering the fact that what we've been looking at and what we are looking at in this first of four sections in this series of messages as we are looking on being saved in eternity. We've considered the glory of God in the plan of salvation. We've considered our security in God and this morning we're going to look at Christ, the Lord of glory. This is the first, as I've said, the first of a four-part series that we've been working on. Uh, the whole of salvation is set forth in these first five verses. It is set forth in that we see in these first five verses, we see salvation from glory to glory. We see salvation as being planned, being completed, and going to be completed throughout eternity. We see these truths as we look at this passage of Scripture. Probably, probably, to be honest with you, probably one of the greatest things that is missing from worship in the realm of Christendom today is that we do not consider the grandeur. We do not consider the wonder, the adoration, or the awe of the matter of salvation. We talk about salvation we mention salvation, we refer to salvation to other people, but how many times in reality do we stop and consider the grandeur of salvation? How many times do we stop and consider the wonder of salvation? How many times do we consider the adoration of of salvation or how many times do we simply stand at all of the fact of salvation when we consider biblically what salvation is what salvation entails what is brought to us in salvation and how that salvation came about, we ought to stand in awe. It ought to be, it ought to be one of those times in our life where, where we would use the cliche, my jaw dropped to the floor because I had nothing to say because of the awe of salvation. All of which all of which is wrapped up solely in Christ alone. Amen. There, there, <laughs> all of salvation is wrapped up in Christ. There is no point of salvation. There is nothing 
that I brought to Christ. There is nothing that I produced that caused Christ to love me. It was His grace wherewith He loved me. It was His choosing wherewith I was born again. It was because He came searching for me. It was not because I went searching for Him. If we are not careful, we are always talking about, and and I, I know that in light of what we've been preaching here since Gospel Way has been started, I understand that it's not so much we ourselves, but I want us to understand that so much that we hear out in Christendom today, everybody wants to make sure that they have a testimony. They want to make sure that they have something to tell. They want to make sure that that everybody gets to hear their testimony. When in reality... Your testimony and my testimony should be the testimony of Christ. It's not about me. My salvation's not about me. My sanctification's not about me. It's all about Him. It's all about Him. Everything, anything that is accomplished in my life is not about me. It is about Him. When God works out things in our sanctification and does things in our life and purposes things in our life and makes those things happen in our life, it is not so that you and I are seen. It is not so that people look at us and say, look at what he stopped doing or look at what she stopped doing or look at what they're doing or look at what this one's doing. It is that Christ might be seen and the power of Christ to take those things out of our life. Right. Amen. It's not about us. That's right. Our salvation's not about us. Our salvation has never been about us. Amen. Our salvation was so that as many as God had given him, he could give to them eternal life. That's what salvation was about. And that all to the glory of God, not to our glory but to His glory. Our testimony ought to be of Him. Our praise ought to be of Him. Not in the things, but looking particularly at Him. And I think that's where we miss it. If we're not careful, we think about the benefits that we gain through salvation. If we're not careful, that's even what we present to others. What salvation... This is the the trademark, if you will, of Christianity today. This is what salvation can do for you. That's not what it's about. Our presentation of Christ to others should be solely a presentation of Christ. It is not a presentation of what Christ can do for you. It is a presentation clearly of just what Christ has done. 
I bask in the benefits that I have from salvation. But the benefits that I gain from salvation is not what salvation's all about. Salvation is to the glory of God. If we're not careful, we get stuck in a rut of looking at the benefits instead of looking and considering the benefactor. We look at what it has done for us instead of looking at the one that did what was done for us. And if we do that, we've missed We've missed the whole mark. We've missed what God is trying to do. Why? Because just like I said earlier this morning, Christ did not say that He would save you and lift you up and you would draw men to Him. He said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw men unto me. It has nothing to do with what He's done or is doing for you. It is all about Him. If, if what Christ has done in our life cannot point people to Jesus Christ, then we're getting them to look at the wrong thing. We're getting them to consider the wrong thing. They need to see Christ. They need to see Him glorified. They need to see Him magnified. They need to see Him edified. And yes, those benefits do that. But if that is the central thought, if that is the central drive, if that is everything that we're presenting to someone, then we're not presenting the gospel correctly. Presenting the gospel correctly is pointing everything Back to Christ. And we see that in this scripture this morning. We even see it in the music of today. If we consider the music of today, most of it is all about the benefits. It's all about most of, most of what is considered to be gospel music today is all about what I gained from salvation. It's all about what I feel because of what I gained from salvation. That does not mean that they are bad songs. It just means that the the focus is not in the right place. That is the reason I'm glad that we sing what we sing. We sing this morning, turn your eyes what? To Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. And all the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. That's songs to sing. It's not, it's not I'll fly away someday. It's, it's, it's not those things that we're accustomed to, those things that we've been around all our life that do not point people to Christ. They point people to a better life here yes. instead of a greater life yonder. And that's where we're mistaken. Once again, if we're not careful, we'll, we'll get our eyes focused on the benefits instead of the benefactor. 
If looking at those benefits do not cause us to consider the benefactor, then we're looking in the wrong direction. What, is, what did the Bible tell us? That our eyes should be fixed upon Him. The prize of the high calling of God. What is that? That we would be focused on Christ. That we would be centered on Christ. That is, that is, that's our whole theme here, is it not? To be gospel focused. To be gospel centered. To be gospel driven. Everything that we do should drive us to drive people to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And what is that? That He bled, died, and rose again so that men could be saved by the grace of God what it's about and that's what we see in this scripture this morning you say how do you see that I'm glad you asked me I've got three ways that we see that in scripture this morning I want you to understand in light of that Christ is the Lord of glory I want you to consider this I want you to consider the Lord in eternity past look in verse number five he said, and now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had before the world was. Understand this morning that he was telling God in his prayer, he was saying, oh, now, O Father, glorify me. How? in thyself with the glory that I had before the world was. Understand that Jesus Christ did not have his beginning in Bethlehem. So much of the world, if you were to ask them where Jesus Christ began, they would take you to Bethlehem and tell you it was in a manger under some star where three kings came to worship. And by the way, I don't know how all that transpired and all of the, how all that happened. I know that the Bible tells us all of those intricate details of his birth. But understand that was not the beginning of the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ was born on this earth but he did not have his beginning here in fact if you were to consider the Lord Jesus Christ you would have to consider him as he said in this verse of scripture in verse number 5 you would have to consider him alongside of God who had no beginning and of whom there will be no end So understand him that he was the Lord in eternity past. He didn't just become Lord when he was born on the earth. He was Lord, he is Lord, and he will forevermore be Lord. You say, how do you know that? Because one day every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is what? Lord to the glory of God. Scripture explains Scripture if we'll just follow Scripture. 
And understand this morning that he said that he wanted God. He wanted the Father. He said, and now. Why did he say, and now? Look at what he said in verse number 4. And I'm trying to not get into point number 2 before I finish point number 1. But look at verse number 4. I have glorified thee on earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father. He said, and now, O Father, glorify me with thyself with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. Understand this. He was telling God the Father that he wanted to be restored. And we're going to get into this as we get into point number two. But he wanted to be restored to the position that he was when he had the glory of the Father alongside of the Father. We, we understand that He was Lord in eternity past. He did not begin in Bethlehem. He did not end on the cross of Calvary. He has never had a beginning. He will never have an ending. And He always has been and always will be Lord. Yes. But understand from this verse of Scripture number 2, understand the Lord's glory veiled the Lord's glory veiled. Understand when we talk about Him veiling His glory. Understand that Jesus Christ did come. He was born. He did take on the form of man. We understand all of that. We see all of that in Scripture. But understand that as He did that, the glory which he mentioned in verse number 5, the glory that he's talking about that he had with the Father before the world was, was veiled. It was veiled. Although we see many times where statements were made, never a man spake like this man. Although we see where he calmed the sea, Although where we see where he did things that no one else could do, although we see that he went in and he taught and they said never a man spake like this man, although we see all of those things, the glory that he had with the Father was veiled. And when his glory was veiled, I want us to understand this. His glory was veiled but he did not lay aside his deity. His deity was not laid aside. He did not lay aside his deity. He laid aside the glory of his deity. Jesus Christ as he walked on the face of the earth, Jesus Christ as he was born as a babe, Jesus Christ was still deity. Amen. You say, explain that. I can't. But I know it to be a fact. He was a babe. The Bible said that he grew as a child would grow. 
He, he grew in stature. He grew in strength. He had the same changes that man has in their life. He had all of those things happen, all of those things going in his life, and all the while he was deity. He did not lay aside his deity. That is the reason, get a hold of this, that is the reason that he could not have sinned. It was impossible for him to sin. Amen. And if the God you have is a God that you say was able to sin but did not sin, then you don't have the same God I have. Because in order for him to have been able to sin and him not sin, he would not have been deity. He was deity, but he veiled the glory of that deity. He did not cease to be God, but he ceased to manifest the glory of God. He did not, when he was on the face of this earth, did not cease to be God, but he ceased to manifest that glory. Remember that glory that Moses came in contact with? I mean, he just came in contact with the glory of God. He just got to see. In fact, God had him back up in the cliff of the rock, had him place something in front of him, and all that he got to see was the glory of God go by. And when he came down off the mountain, he was shining so brightly that they had to get him to put a veil on so that it wasn't blinding them. I'm talking about a human being who just got to behold the glory of God and he had such a radiance about him that everybody else wanted a veil put on him. If Christ would not have veiled his glory, we would not have been able to see him. We would not have been able to have beholded him. He had to veil that glory in order to go to the cross of Calvary, in order to live the life of man, in order to die that death, in order to be risen again. And one day he he said to them, he said, touch me not, for I have not yet ascended to my Father, and I have not yet been glorified. He had laid that glory of being God aside. We must not simply say that because he became flesh, but we need to understand that Christ was made in the likeness of sinful flesh. He got his fleshly body from his mother. He was born in the likeness of sinful man. Why? So that he could die the death and pay the price that sinful man had to pay. He had to be in the likeness of sinful man as he did what he said in verse number 4 when he said, I've finished the work which thou gavest me to do. What was that work? It was the completeness of everything that God had laid out. He did everything while he was here on earth. 
He did everything that had to be done to satisfy God. And he died on the cross, taking upon him the wrath of God so that you and I could have salvation and so that we could have it full and free. He took on himself the form of a servant. He said, I finished the work. He was born as a babe. He worked as a carpenter. He taught as a master. He spake as one in control. All while veiling the glory of God. All while hiding the glory of God. So that he could go to the cross. So that he could bleed and die for mine and your sins. So that he could do what he said in these first five verses so that he could gain for us whom the Father had given him eternal life. His whole purpose of laying all of this aside. Everything was laid aside so that he could purchase for us eternal life so that we in turn could point others to him. Not so we could point others to ourselves. Right. Not so we could, not so we could, and, and don't misunderstand me. Please don't misunderstand me this morning. But not so we could have a Tim Tebow service. Not so we could have some, some screen guild actor come up here and, 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 and supposedly give their testimony. Right. It's not about who they are, it's about who he is. Amen. It's not about, can I just be honest with you this morning? It's not about who's standing here. It's who's on the throne there. It does not matter. That is the reason that we have things as we have at Gospel Way Baptist Church. If something were to happen and I were to go off the scene tomorrow, this church could continue on just like it's going. It would never miss a beat. Why? Because it is wrapped around Jesus Christ. It's not wrapped around man. That's right. Amen. And that's the way it should be. Amen. That's the way it needs to be. Why? We need to be understanding that the Lord veiled His glory so that He could go to the cross. Charles Wesley put it this way, in heart the herald angels sing. We normally don't ever sing that except Christmas time. But listen to what he said when he wrote the words to heart the herald angels sing. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Hell, the incarnate deity. He also said again in, in, in another portion of that song, he said, mild, he lays his glory by, born that man no more may die. <laughs> what a blessing. How many times in our life have we sung that song and never stopped and realized the truths, the doctrine of those songs? People probably sing those songs and wonder why in the world. What, what does that mean? Let me sit down with the Word of God and explain it to you. 
Why did he say what he said? He said that because that's what God said in his word. Veiled in flesh the Godhead see. Hell, the incarnate deity. Mild he lies, lays his glory by, born that man no more may die. Understand that he is not only the Lord of eternity past. He is not only the Lord of glory having his glory veiled, but understand this morning also that he's, that the Lord's glory it will is it is and will be revealed for all eternity. How is it revealed? Look at what he says in verse number four. He says here, "I have glorified thee on earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do." He finished the work. He glorified the Father. What did he say? Go back up into verse number one. It says here in verse number one, these words spake Jesus and lift up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify thy son that thy son may glorify thee. It's the glory of God. It's the glory of God revealed. And what he says here in verse number five, he says, now, O Father, Now, because I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do, now, O Father, look at what he says. Glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had in thee before the world was. He's not asking for anything that he didn't already have. He's not asking for anything that he did not already possess. But he was praying, I've finished the work. The work's done. It's completed. It's finished. It's over. Now, O Father, glorify thou me. Glorify. He said here, he said, In verse number 5, he said, Glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had before the world was. What glory is that? It's the glory that he still had, but he had veiled. The glory that he carried with him, but he carried veiled. He went to the Mount of Transfiguration, and they got to see the glory of God. He was transfigured and they saw the glory of God. All through his earthly life, all all the period of time that he was walking in the likeness of sinful man, what was he doing? He was glorifying the Father. Everything that Christ did was bringing glory to the Father because He was finishing the work that He gave Him to do. He came, He was born, He lived, He bled, He died, He resurrected all to the glory of God. All to the glory 
of the Father. Let me ask you this in closing this morning. Do we, as the children of God, allow our lives not to cause people to look at us and say, that's a good man. That's a good woman. But do we, do we live our lives in such a way that it points people to Christ? And that's not something, that's not something that we work up. It's not something that we, it's not a chore for us to check off. It's not, it's, it's just walking and resting in who He is that will allow people to see who He is. So many times, if we're not careful, so many times we'll think that our pointing people to Christ is some task we have to do. When in reality, what you have to do to point people to Christ is just look to Him. That's it. It's that simple. It's not, it's not a task. It's just looking to Him. Looking to Him and living. And looking to Him and resting. And if we do that, people are going to ask the question, how in the world do you see all of these? How in the world does all of these things go on around us, especially in the day that we're living in? How do you just... How is it that you continue to walk and it doesn't seem like anything phases you? Let me tell you about that. I'll tell you about the one that makes that possible in my life. It's all about looking to Him. We're, other people are not going to see us and look to Him if they're not looking where we're looking. And if we're not looking to Him, they're not going to look to Him. And our looking to Him is resting in Him and resting in who He is. How many times, I, 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 would, I, would, I would tell you, do this as, a, as, a, as an experiment sometime. Just walk outside and just look up and just keep looking up. And watch what everybody else does. They're going to look up. Yep. Why? Because they're going to want to see what you're looking at. Yeah. And if you keep looking at Him, and you keep resting in Him, and you keep walking in Him and allowing Him to walk in you, and you just bask in the rest that you can have in Him, before long somebody else is going to look too. And when they look, they'll find out the same thing you found out when you looked. They'll find out that they too can look and live because He is the Lord of glory. Let's pray. Lord, we thank You for the Word of God. We thank You for the truths of the Word of God. 
Lord, we thank you that you can speak the word of God to our hearts. Lord, you can apply the word of God to our hearts. Help 